Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. Is it Friday already? Wow, week uh, went by pretty quick. It did. I feel good. I feel good about this week. The first week without football. I mean, I know we have bowl games and stuff this weekend, but you get my point. The season's over, technically. I know we got bowl games again. I know we have bowl games and stuff, but it's over. And this week went by pretty quick. I was dreading this week of content. We got plenty of it. I was dreading this weekend. Not so much. This went by fast. Glad you guys are... With me, yeah, Chris, that buzzer beater was awesome. I got copyright flag last time I showed you guys full-on highlights, so I'm going to have to find a more creative way to do that. Not like my channel's monetized or anything yet anyway, so it doesn't really matter, but uh, longest buzzer beater in NBA history. Devontae Graham, that was sick. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about this morning. My name, by the way, is Michael Borky. Glad to see you guys on this Friday. Again, this week went by fast, and uh, you guys, in part, our thanks to that. I've had some fun this week, and hopefully you have as well. I believe Mississippi State's playing Furman tonight. So uh, F you one time, F you two times, F you three times, F you all the time. Sorry, State fans, you're losing tonight to the, uh, the Purple Paladins of Furman. All right? Just get ready. Get ready. It's coming. The, the Furman basketball team. By the way, not bad program, actually. Uh, I wouldn't overlook this one. I'm, I'm not even being a homer here. They're it's pretty good program. It has been for the last couple of years. They're uh, among the favorites in the SoCon. They have a win over Louisville already, and uh, that's a transitive win over over Mississippi State. By the way, so actually pretty decent test for the Bulldogs tonight. Pretty decent test for the Bulldogs tonight. They went to North Carolina and played well for you know about a half, and then North Carolina ran away with it. But good team. So. Uh, yeah, that's a- their actual cheer, by the way, the FU one time, two time, three times thing. Yeah, that is something that they actually say over there. So, <laughs> I don't know how many fans will bring, so you won't hear it tonight, but just know that that's a, uh, a very real thing, a very real thing that they do there. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about quarterbacks, uh, separate varieties. So, I mean, the old Miss quarterback situation has been one uh, that's been a, just such a fascinating story because on one hand, they've been really active in the portal. And when you're losing a quarterback like Matt Corral, it is always interesting to find out who's next. We love uh, one thing that I've noticed about consumers of sports media since I've been in it for seven years is you guys love coaching searches. More than anything else, more than wins, you love coaching searches, you love scandal, and you love quarterback battles. Those are always the things that generate the most clicks, uh, engagement, all that. It's it's coaching changes, it's scandal, obviously, and quarterback battles. So 
the quarterback story at Ole Miss is always going to be a fascinating one because you have the guy replacing the guy. Matt Corral, one of the greatest to ever play at Ole Miss, and he's going to be a first-round pick and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, Doug, that's exactly right. So you're saying we love stress? Yes, sports fans absolutely love stress and scandal more than anything else. I mean, your team could win big on Saturday, but if there's a scandal, more of you care about that than the actual win. Like, the numbers prove it. It's crazy. But uh, quarterback battle, this quarterback battle, replacing a guy like Matt Corral, one of the greatest to ever play at your school, first-round pick, all that, all of those things – are going to be a talking point going into spring practice. And we're, you know, what, three months away from that. Uh, into the summer, through fall camp, the first games. I mean, the quarterback competition stuff, replacing a guy like Corral is going to be a topic for quite some time. But this one at Ole Miss is especially fascinating because they've kind of struck out so far. Well, I say that, it's really only been two strikes, right? Because they went after Spencer Rattler to some degree, and he's off to South Carolina. They went after Dylan Gabriel, and he's off to UCLA. So they're not out yet. There's still one more strike, but have missed so far. And honestly, it's a little surprising when you consider the offense and who's coaching them and what he did with Matt Corral that there's not guys really lining up to go play in that system. But that's kind of the reality. So we'll talk about that. Uh, what their next option is after Gabriel has gone to UCLA. And uh, I've been asked a lot, what does this mean for Luke Altmaier? Why is he not being trusted by the coaches to be the next guy? Uh, So we'll talk about that. And then uh, Kenny Pickett, opting out of bowl games. That is a very polarizing conversation. By the way, the Peach Bowl, not worth watching. Don't don't bother. Uh, Without Kenny Walker from Michigan State and Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, there's no reason to watch that game. Like, the only thing that was worth watching were those two guys in those offenses, and now they're neither of them are playing. That game's not worth watching. So, for whatever it's worth, just don't don't even bother because that was the only thing that should have been drawing you in anyway. But bowl game opt-outs, polarizing conversation. People have really strong opinions one way or the other, but I, I will talk about it in the context of what NFL teams think uh, about what Pickett is doing. It's... uh. It's kind of a mixed bag, so we'll talk about that as well. Real quick, I want to remind you, though, that uh, if you haven't subscribed already, please do. About half or so of the people that watch these videos on YouTube, whether it be live or after, about half of you aren't subscribed. Subscribe for me, and actually like the video as well if you like what you hear, but hit that subscribe button, uh, click the little notification bell as well, and also follow on Twitter and Facebook under the same name. It's all just my name. I'm not very clever with names. Just go with it. It's my name. Subscribe there. Follow Twitter, Facebook, and wherever you get your podcast. My name or Mike in the morning should turn up results and subscribe to the podcast feed so you never miss a second of my early morning musings. Anyway, the quarterback position, the future of the quarterback position at Ole Miss. Uh, We got the news yesterday. Actually, let me get to some comments first because why not? Memphis Rebel says, uh, don't ever trust a quarterback with gloves. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, that the the picket corral thing is going to be fascinating because I do think that's that's number one and number two quarterback off the board, depending on which one is first and and all of that and how the order shakes out. Maybe uh, corral will not get the benefit of getting to go to the Senior Bowl though, like uh, Kenny Pickett will and, and others. That that is 
I don't know if you want to call it a detriment to Corral because it's not, but that would have been another opportunity to show his skill set right up next to the other guys uh, in this draft class. Uh, he, you know, not not a senior out of eligibility, so he's not going to the Senior Bowl. Although academic seniors should be invited, but w- whatever. Anyway, he's not going to that, um, which is you know a shame in, in that regard. But I do believe that when it comes down to testing. When it comes down to individual workouts, pro days, combine stuff, which I don't know if Corral's going to throw in the combine. Uh, I don't know if any of these guys honestly should throw in the combine. Uh, I, I would rather throw to guys that I have a relationship with in terms of I know how fast they are, that kind of stuff. Combine, you're just going to get a bunch of random dudes. Either way, I think Matt Corral's going to test better than Pickett, I think. Um, I saw one uh, anonymous AFC scout compare Kenny Pickett to Johnny Manziel. He said he was Johnny Manziel with a better head on his shoulders. And I thought, okay, you haven't watched him play at all. Great player. He doesn't play like Johnny Manziel. This guy must have seen the fake slide, and that's all he saw, and just assumed that that's what he does like all the time. And no, he's a good athlete. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't play like uh, like Manziel at all yeah louisville team that did handle mississippi state so i mean i'm telling you i I wasn't being facetious state does have a bit of a challenge on their hands tonight it's good well-coached Furman team they're 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 certainly not bad Uh, it would be a nice win if they're uh, if they're able to get it memphis trouble says uh give me bow or give me death patrick also says calling it now bow nicks to old miss brett says i'm sick of people throwing up luke's name like the coaches don't trust him we need depth Talking about Ole Miss, of course. We have a quarterback closet, not a quarterback room. If Luke becomes a starter, what happens if he goes down? Dent, no thanks. Um, yeah, so let's get into that now. Dylan Gabriel announced that he um, is going to UCLA. And on the surface, it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, he's a, a Hawaii guy. Um, Los Angeles is as close to his home as you can get on the mainland, right? So from geographical, a geographical perspective, it does make sense. Maybe he just wants to be closer to home. I don't know if I would rather play for Chip Kelly than Lane Kiffin. That is certainly a choice that I would not have made when you consider things are going or how things have gone for him there. But maybe the locale or maybe an NIL situation has won out. Like I said yesterday in in a podcast, I think I may have said it on here as well. The state of Mississippi, I know people are working on it. I know they are, but it has to be faster. It has to be out now. The state of Mississippi is behind when it comes to NIL stuff. They are behind. That's a fact. They're behind. Uh, Lane Kiffin has spoken about it more openly than Mike Leach, but both Ole Miss and State don't have the NIL infrastructure that other programs have right now and some of them could be empty promises i mean we talked about what kiffin said about that some of them feel like empty promises but the state of mississippi has to hurry up they they have to get they have to get it together and they have to get it soon the nil infrastructure is needed at old miss and at state needed because others have it and they don't here and that needs to happen and the only one that was available now doesn't seem viable considering, one, the model taking funds and distributing them to both Ole Miss and state players. How much of your money is going to, like if you're a state fan, 
and this fund launches for you, but you know this company is also facilitating money to Ole Miss players, are you really comfortable giving uh, your credit card for auto draft on a company that is facilitating payments to both? Are you comfortable with that? Maybe you are, but that doesn't seem like something that you guys would be comfortable with to me. On top of the emotional tweeting and all that that happened, that really kind of harmed the uh, the Ole Miss side of things. But th- that doesn't seem like the answer. You know, maybe it is. I don't know. But more needs to happen around here, and it needs to happen quickly. So maybe that's why uh, Dylan Gabriel's off to UCLA. Maybe that's why. Um, my question is, what does it do to – DTR, Thompson Robinson, the current quarterback at UCLA. It's been there a while. That's pretty productive and pretty good. Um, what what, is, what does that mean for him? Does it mean that, you know, he's got to find a new home and then where, where is that? Or are they just going to battle it out in both of their, well, in, in his final year of eligibility? That's a, an interesting dynamic there is what happens to him. Because UCLA has a quarterback that's established, that's been a starter, that's been good. They um, they have that already. So, hmm, that's interesting. Either way, it doesn't matter. He's not going to Ole Miss. So what do they do next? Most people believe, and I believe it was talked about uh, openly, uh, with uh, with Neil and Chase, and those guys are as connected as, as anybody. So if they're talking about it, that means it's real. Um, the possibility of Bo Nix. And I think it was Monday or Tuesday, I, I talked about that possibility right here and why I think that would be a good addition for Ole Miss, for Lane Kiffin, to go get Bo Nix. Now, it's been reported elsewhere that they're looking for some perks not necessarily NIL perks, but like getting his high school football coach dad an OC gig at like Louisiana Monroe or something that was that was talked about publicly out there that didn't come to fruition, obviously, because ULM hired an offensive coordinator and it was not Bo Nix's dad. Uh, maybe something in, involving um, an extra scholarship or maybe NIL is is a thing here. I don't know, but it's not as simple as just sign him to play. There sounds like there's... There's more to it, although it hasn't been reported as fact. It sounds like that is the case, and why wouldn't you? I mean, you kind of have some leverage right now, at least you think you do, um, if you're Bo Nix, because I promise you that if Ole Miss is pursuing him, they're not the only ones, right? It was reported that Indiana's after him. There are other schools that, that are going to want a guy with his skill set, despite the inconsistency, so he does have a little bit of leverage here to maybe – Try to parlay that into extra stuff. So we'll see. But you guys have heard my thoughts on it by now. I think, yes, he is wildly inconsistent. He is. Uh, But I also believe that if you are looking for a basically a one-year rental at quarterback, a guy with three years of um, starting, yeah, or or that too, or that rumor about the dad is false. That could entirely be untrue. I don't know. I mean, it just – it's more than just, you know, adding a player. It sounds like there's something else, whether it be an NIL deal that you can guarantee. I, to enough people that cover college football on both sides of this have mentioned that there's more to it than just recruiting. 
and, and again, I, I could be wrong. Maybe that's wrong. But enough people have talked about it to make me think that there's got to be a little extra juice uh, to get the signature. Maybe that's just a completely false narrative, but enough people have mentioned that. Either way, um, wildly inconsistent, but you have three years of tape. You have three years of bad games and mind-blowingly great games and a mix of somewhere in between. There will be no adjustment to the SEC West at all. It will not take any adjusting whatsoever. He is aware of the speed. He's aware of the environments, everything, and is comfortable playing in that. And I do think, to some degree, his struggles can be attributed to who was coaching him. I mean, if you're talking about offensive minds and quarterback coaches, and you're looking at Gus Malzahn, Brian Harson, Mike Bobo, and Lane Kiffin. Who would do the best job with a quarterback with consistency issues? Is it going to be Lane Kiffin or Mike Bobo? Is it going to be Lane Kiffin or Gus Malzahn? So I think some of his struggles have to do with system and who is coaching him. I do think an entire offseason and a year uh, being coached under Lane Kiffin in that system would benefit him some. I think they could maximize his potential. Is he Matt Corral? Ab- hell no. Is he close to Matt Corral? No, absolutely not. So if you're expecting whoever replaces Matt Corral to be like him, don't because you're going to be disappointed. And it's not really fair to put on the kids. So if, in fact, that does happen, if Ole Miss signs Bo Nix, if that does happen, he's not going to be Matt Corral. Don't expect him to be because you're going to be disappointed. And it's really not fair to him. Is he talented? Yes, very talented. He's very inconsistent, and he doesn't have the arm talent that Matt Corral has. Not anywhere close. He doesn't have it, and that's okay. He can still be good. Uh, So you guys know me by now. I think Ole Miss should have gone after him a couple weeks ago. Uh, It makes all the sense in the world to to me. So uh, we'll see if that actually materializes into something. Oh, Max Johnson headed to Texas A&M. That's not a surprise. That's not a surprise at all. That was uh, that was talked about some uh, last week, and uh, good for him. Um, I mean, I, I know Calzada wasn't great, but is, is Haynes King the guy that won the job at A&M last year? What's, uh, what's up with him? Is Max Johnson going to have to fight in a quarterback battle for a guy that won it a year ago? That's That's fascinating, but... There it is. Uh, the LSU quarterback that is staying at LSU is Miles Brennan. Is, is the one that's sticking around, not Max Johnson. Miles Brennan uh, is going to be starting for LSU next year and a bridge to the uh, the high-profile high school player that they just signed. Patrick says, will NIL deals packages be out in the open where you can see how much money they're getting? Would like to see what Alabama offered Jaheim Otis that Ole Miss couldn't beat. Uh, no, because that's against the rules. People are just openly breaking breaking the rules. It's really hard to enforce. It's really hard to enforce. But yeah, the the NIL deals are not supposed to be recruiting inducements. It's supposed to be when you get on campus, then you can start getting these deals. But obviously, that's not how this is going at all. A lot of players were promised a lot of money in recruiting, which is against the rules. But, you know, it's the NCAA rules. People have been breaking them for years 
and they can't really do much about it. This one's going to be really hard to enforce. Really hard to enforce. Millie says, Neil said about 60% last night on Boda Old Mix. Uh, if he said it, I believe it. Um, so that's, uh, I, I wonder what the other 40%, if you will, I wonder what the hangup would be. Maybe it is some of that stuff. Cincinnati's also in it for Bo Nix. I'd rather play in the SEC. <laughs> but um, maybe playing in the AAC will uh, further, let's see, make you look better. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a line of thinking, or maybe just being an Auburn guy and his dad being an Auburn guy, he doesn't want to play in the SEC West. Um, well, that's the thing, Fireman. NIL stuff is not official school stuff. So, like the Texas thing, it's not the university setting it up. It's uh, alumni that are setting up a fund separate of the school. So the, the school can't facilitate these, although they're exploring the options in some states to let the school just go ahead and facilitate them, which um, that would make these guys employees then, basically. And I don't know if they want to go down that road. So either way, no, it's, the schools are not the ones facilitating this. When I say Ole Miss and State need to get on it, I'm not talking about Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach and John Cohen and Keith Carter. I, I mean – the people that are setting these up to benefit those schools need to hurry up. That's what I mean. The, the schools all have to stay out of this. Well, they're supposed to stay out of this. They don't really, but they're they're supposed to anyway. That's what the uh, the rules say. So, yeah, uh, that's out there now. Bo Nix, possibly old Mrs. Target. I think if they sign him, I think it would be a good signing. Um I think he would be a really nice bridge to whoever follows him, whether it's Luke Altmaier or whether Ole Miss can find a way to sign Arch Manning. Having this bridge, if you will, would be good. He's got SEC experience. He's inconsistent. Um, no doubt about that. But I do think in this system, in this offense, he would do much better than under Mike Bobo and Gus Malzahn. So that's where it sounds like this is going. But then the next question is, and I've gotten asked this a few times over the last few days, why, why not Luke Altmaier? Do the coaches not trust Luke Altmaier? They need to play him to develop him. Why, why not him? And my response is, is twofold. And they're kind of contradictory, but whatever. Uh, the first one is Lane Kiffin is exclusively, and every coach are exclusively in the wins business. Despite what Dabo Sweeney's been kicking and screaming and carrying on and crying about academics are not part of the job of a college football coach. The only academics in major college football that anybody gives a damn about is making sure that they are eligible. Just get them straight C's and get them on the field. That's what your job has always been. So Dabo, the guy that signed blue chip prospects all over the country, screaming about how oh, it's not about academics anymore with my $9 million a year, a year salary is, um, <laughs> It's funny because that's not what it's about, and, and he knows that. But the aw shucks thing has got to, got to, you know, when you put on that persona, you got to ride it out, I guess, right? Um, you're in the wins business. That's all that anybody cares about. You have to do whatever it takes every year to win because if you don't, look at what happens. Dan Mullen went to the SEC championship. The next year was fired before the season ended. Ed Orgeron was the head coach of the greatest season in college football history, according to some. Year and a half later, he was fired. They wanted to fire him after the next year. 
there is no patience anymore. Yes, you still have to recruit high school players and develop them and those things, but you have to win now. Lane Kiffin knows he has to win now, or else it makes things dicey. If he does not believe that Luke Altmyer is ready to help him win now, he will not play. It's really that simple. You're not in the business of you play a guy that's not ready for the sake of development, and he may or may not ever be ready. You don't know. You just hope that he is, and you play him to hope that he gets there. You, you can't afford that anymore. It's a cutthroat business. It's a wins business. And you have a short lifespan. Your capital for a your first 10-win season in program history will last one season. Because if next year doesn't go well, doesn't matter what happened in 2021. Win now. That's the business. So if he doesn't think he's going to help him win now, that, that's how it has to be. But just because they are portal hopping doesn't mean that Altmaier is some kind of a bum. And it doesn't mean that they don't believe in, in him either. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It just means they possibly don't think he's ready to be that guy right away. Now, luckily for Ole Miss, let's say if they – uh have to roll with Altmeyer if something happens with Bo Nix and they decide, you know, that there's not a, a good enough replacement out there and maybe they add a portal guy for depth and, and Altmeyer's the guy. The first six games for Ole Miss next year are soft as hell. Uh, the scheduling gods did Ole Miss great favors when you're breaking in a new quarterback because the first six games of 2022 for Ole Miss are soft and easy. So at least you can ease him in to being an SEC quarterback with a Charmin soft schedule, at least in the first half, before things get real when you're playing all six teams from the West in the back half with by cutting them in half, that would help. But just because they're portal hopping doesn't mean they don't believe in him or think he can't be good. It just, if I'm putting one and two together, it tells me that they don't quite think he's ready yet. And if you're not ready yet at quarterback, you, you can't afford to play him. There's patience at Ole Miss, Memphis Rebel says. If they go 5-7 and seven next year, they aren't going to fire Kiffin. They're not going to fire him, but go 5-7 and seven next year and tell me how the fans feel about him. Remember, this is a guy that, you know, he doesn't spend a lot of time around town, doesn't yuck it up with the boosters at the country club. He's kind of distant. He's, he's kind of away. You can be that when you're winning. Nobody cares. But... I may, you know, the fan base at large, no, he wouldn't get fired. Keith Carter's smarter than that. But if they happen to go five and seven in 2022, fans aren't going to be like just all, all oh, it's all good. We're, we're fine. No, they're not going to be like that at all. If he goes five and seven and then rolls out another five and seven, yeah, I think he's looking for another job. There's more patience at Ole Miss. There, there's more willingness to be flexible and there's more context and understanding. But when you're paying the guy seven and a half up to $8 million a year, you better win more than you lose. Cause then what the hell else are we paying you for? You know, I mean, he'll, he'll get paid a top what 10, 12 salary in college football. Better not lose more than you win or else it'll get dicey. No, that's that's what it is, though. It's, it's a winning business, and 
What about Altmaier? It Just because they're portal shopping doesn't mean they don't think he'll be good. It tells me, though, that they think that he's not ready yet. I could be wrong. That's what that tells me. Last thing for you, Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh's quarterback, first-round pick, according to basically everybody, has uh, written that fancy graphic letter to his fans, thanking them so much for being supportive of him. And he is opting out of the Peach Bowl. So Kenny Walker, Michigan State's running back, not playing in the Peach Bowl. Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh's quarterback, not playing in the Peach Bowl. Don't watch the game. Just don't bother. Don't bother watching the game. Waste of your time. If you listen to me long enough, you know my stance about opt-outs. I'm kind of a fence straddler here. I know you're supposed to have one strong side or the other and pick one and there's no in-between, but I do think that players should play in the games that are scheduled for their team, even if it's a glorified exhibition, even if it's games that are basically created by ESPN. You started the season with your team. You knew if you won six games, you would get another one. Bowl games are part of your schedule. They count in the record book. Your school you know, not you, but your school gets to bring home a nice fancy check after. There's a trophy on the line. Your fans spend lots of money to go to these games. It's a game. It's a real game. Is it the same as your rival back in November? No, but the concept that bowl games are meaningless doesn't make sense to me at all because it counts on your record. There are things on the line, and watch what happens when the team wins, how they act. It matters to them. And I don't like that narrative. I don't like that line of thinking. I don't like that narrative. So I think players should play in bowl games. I think they have an obligation to their teammates to play in that game with them. I do. But that's also very easy for me to say when I'm – not the one with life-altering money for my grandkids being dangled in front of my face. You know what I mean? It's a little bit uh, easy for me to say when I haven't been faced with a decision uh, like the one that Kenny Pickett's facing. All he has to do is show up to the draft healthy, and his children's children are going to live comfortably if he's any kind of financially competent. It's a tough decision to make. At least it makes it a little bit tougher than just he should play, he shouldn't play. Also, it is, though, you're right, it is kind of funny that uh, he's opting out of the Peach Bowl but going to play in the Senior Bowl. You find that kind of funny. But I think you should play. I think you have an obligation to your team. You should play. Yeah, I mean, you, you've, it's, and Serena, I think it extends beyond just the scholarship. I think it's a, a moral obligation to your guys. And in fairness, the team understands, at least they, they say they do. That's the advice I would give. You finish what you started with your team, and, and you should play. What does the NFL think about it, though? That's the, the next question is you have so many people that have said, People in media say, oh, NFL teams don't care about this at all. That's not true. Some of them don't. That's the thing that Pickett's going to be faced now. When he goes to the combine and, and does those combine interviews, teams are going to ask him about this. I know this because I heard from somebody that works from an NFL team or for an NFL team. 
Some of them care. Some of them will ask what makes you a great leader. And he'll start listing his qualities. Oh, I feel like, you know, I'm really, yeah, I set an example for my guys and always organizing team workouts and stuff like that. And they will respond with, then why did you quit on them before the bowl game? Why didn't you play in your last game with your team? There are NFL teams that look at that as a negative. All of them? No. Some of them don't care. It's a mixed bag. But there are NFL teams, a lot of them. So when you see a media guy say NFL teams don't care, that's not true. That's simply not true. Do all of them care? No. Some of them don't care, but I I would put my entire life on it. There are NFL teams that care about players opting out of bowl games, that look at that, and it may not ruin their desire to draft him. It may not take them off their board or whatever, but there are NFL teams that look at, especially quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks, opting out of bowl games as a negative, as a red flag. There are NFL teams that think that. You may think it's wrong. You may think it's right. But I promise you, when you have blue check mark sports media that says the game's an exhibition, nobody cares, the NFL teams don't care, that is not true. I know for a fact there are NFL teams that look at that as a red flag, think it's quitting, and think they should play. I know that for a fact. That is a fact. So when you have people say that, they're not being totally honest or they don't know everything because there will be teams that will grill Kenny Pickett about it. Why did you quit? That guy didn't quit. The the other quarterback that we're considering, they'll, they'll, there will be NFL teams that need a quarterback that will put Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral on their board. And that will be a pro and a con for those two guys. Some of them, again, not all, but there will be ones, if they evaluate those two guys the same, and I think, you know, similar skill set, kind of the same guy, I'd rather have the one that, finished it out with his team. That is a dynamic that has happened and will happen in the NFL. So to me, I think they should play. I understand why they don't because I haven't been faced with a decision like that in my life. I haven't been offered life-altering money in my life. So I don't know what it's like to be in that position. So I understand why they do it. It's altering money for his... Kenny Pickett is about to receive money that can alter his grandchildren's life if he's financially competent. That that would give me something to think about. My advice would be to play, and there are NFL teams that will look at that as a negative, and some won't care. But anyway, let's get to a few of your comments, and then I got to get out of here. Got a lot to do this morning. A bowl game today. Who, I, who do I have? It's the uh, Bahamas Bowl gets us started, right? Isn't that like a noon game today? I mean, on December 17th, people still work, you know? <laughs> I mean, next week, I get it, but there are people that still, uh, you know, won't be behind a TV at noon on uh, December 17th. Let's see. Yeah, the Bahamas Bowl, uh, Middle Tennessee and Toledo. I have no idea who I'm pit- I have no idea who I think is going to win that game. Honestly, man, <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't watched either one play a snap this year to tell you the truth. And then uh, Northern Illinois and Coastal Carolina. All right, that should be a fun one. Watch that game tonight. The uh, Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. Great setting, too, in that soccer stadium in Orlando. Um, Watch Coastal Carolina run their offense. That is a fun, fun offense right there. Um, I would hire, if I were Lane Kiffin, I'd look at Willie Korn. 
Watch Coastal Carolina run their offense tonight. It's fun to watch. Miles asking if Calzada is just considered a bum of a portal quarterback option. Uh, for the better programs that are looking for quarterbacks, yeah. I still think he could play somewhere in the Power Five. I mean, he's he's not good in the SEC West, but he did beat Alabama. He did beat Alabama. It looked really good doing it that one time. Apparently, he's got a real big arm, and the skill sets there just didn't really materialize into production outside of the Alabama game. But he'll, I wouldn't be surprised if he landed somewhere in the Power Five. I wouldn't be. He's got the skill set to be there. There's a reason Jimbo recruited him. Brett saying the universities gave these players opportunities. Not everyone is afforded. They received a free education. Finish what you started. Serena says, I agree. It's a moral obligation and shows integrity and team mentality. Brett also continues to say, if they choose to opt out or check out, they will do it again. Is opting out a recent phenomenon? Relatively recently. Yeah, it's it's relatively new. Um, it's been a few years, though since people started doing stuff like this, but it, it is relatively new. If I, if I understand it correctly, maybe I'm wrong, um, but it's, it's kind of a new phenomenon. I mean, the more that they just keep adding these bowl games, the more they, you know, what 80 teams make bowl games, people started to render them meaningless. And some of them are, but Memphis Rebel says, I like what Matt said. He pretty much said if he gets hurt and his NFL career is derailed, it wasn't meant to be. God's got my back. Um, and here's the thing. If he does get hurt, I mean, unless it's a career-ending injury, NFL teams are, somebody's going to take him. I mean, still probably early you don't stop being a first-round talent because you turn an ankle in a bowl game. You know what I mean? So, yeah, maybe he would fall a little bit, but he would still have an NFL career. That skill set doesn't go away with an injury at all. So, no, I I respect him for doing that. I think that that's the that's the advice I would give to my son. How's that? If James ever becomes in a college quarterback, my advice to him would be finish what you started. When the season's over, make your decisions. But while you have a game on your schedule, you owe it to your team to finish it out. That's the advice I would give him. People disagree with that. It's fine. Whatever. But that's the advice I would give to, to my son. No, I don't know if white helmets are coming for the Sugar Bowl. I don't know. I haven't heard that. I'll... I'll uh, I'll look into that, see if I can get somebody to to tell me that. But long story short, long-winded way of saying Ole Miss missed on Dylan Gabriel. It's a guy they wanted. They didn't get him. Sounds like they're turning their attention over to uh, to Bo Nix. I think um, he would be a good addition to them. I think he would be served well in Lane Kiffin's system. I think if you're expecting him to produce like Matt Corral, you're setting him up for failure because he will not produce like Matt Corral. Luke Altmeyer may not be ready yet, which is why they're portal hopping. Uh, Kenny Pickett, opting out of the bowl game, I understand it. I get it. Life-altering money. My advice would be to stick it out. I think Matt Corral sticking it out is something I respect more than Kenny Pickett opting out for what it's worth. Thank you guys for tuning in. As uh, as always, glad to see all of you. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, actually, like the video as well. That would help me a ton. And uh, you guys have a great weekend. Um, if it's a done deal with Knicks, I think that's a good pickup. 
Man, it's a really good pickup. Um, but it, I'm only saying this because I know what the reaction is going to be during the season when he struggles passing sometimes. Um, don't expect him to be Matt Corral. And I know you know this. I mean, you're, I can tell that you're, uh, you're smart. But um, some people will have meltdowns when he struggles in ways that Corral didn't because he's not him. So don't put those expectations on him. But anyway, no, I think that would be good. I think it would be good for both sides. Uh, a bridge to either Altmire or Arch. The latest on Arch, I have no idea. Nobody knows. If anybody's telling you they know what Arch is going to do, they're lying. That's a, a conversation for another day, I suppose. But, man, there are so many media people that talk about what the family what the family wants and what the family thinks, and they're all full of shit. Forgive my language. Every single, They're all full of it, all of them. They don't know. They don't know. They're guessing. They have no idea. The Mannings aren't telling Johnny Reporter how they feel about certain coaches. They're not doing it. They're not at all. So everybody talking about how the family feels is full of it. They're not talking. Not like that. They're not talking at all. So we'll see who Ole Miss has as an OC. That will tell you uh, a lot. So anyway, y'all have a good weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.